Hello and God bless you today from Carlsbad, New Mexico. You are listening to a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. We hope you enjoy the message today, and we'd love to hear from you. If anything in this message has touched you, you have a prayer request, or just want to reach out, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash New Song Carlsbad NM. You can also mail us at Post Office Box 761, Carlsbad, New Mexico, zip code 88221. Please enjoy this message and have a very blessed day. I think I've shared with you I was not a, uh, raised in a Christian home at all. Uh, we never went to church, I guess maybe a funeral. <laughs> when I did finally come to the Lord, I didn't, I didn't know where to go. I, first, one of the first things I learned was that there are all kinds of different denominations and churches with different beliefs. So where do I go? There was a brand new movement uh, happening in the world, a charismatic movement. It was uh, very much similar to the Pentecostal Assembly of God, Church of God, that kind of thing. Really started cranking up about 1952, 1960 it got more, and in the 70s it really took off. Uh, the word charismatic comes from the Greek word charisma, which means gifts. Well, we didn't have any charismatic churches in Carlsbad at that time. There were, however, uh, quite a few charismatic Bible studies in people's homes. And uh, I found one, and Liz and I uh, began to attend that. A lady from Artesia, Peggy White, uh, was teaching uh, very, very dramatic, uh, a fine teacher. And so I was uh, teaching school. I taught between the years of 1971 to 1975, I guess it was. And I just, my heart wasn't in teaching school. And so by faith, and I and let me tell you, it was by faith. I just went in at the end of the school year and told my principal at the mid-high school, which is Porky Labor, whatever it is now, uh, that I was, I was not going to be coming back, and uh, it upset him because I was a disciplinarian, and that's what they felt like they needed there, <coughs> which they did, but uh, we just stepped out on faith, and I began to travel, traveled all over the world several times. But listen to what I found, and you're in it, Acts chapter 1, look at verse 4. Being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, now watch this, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized you in water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time 
restore again the kingdom to Israel. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times. Uh, Acts chapter 1 verse uh, 7. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But now what? look at verse 8. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is different than being baptized in water. The word uh, baptized in Greek means total immersion, which is why when we baptize in water, we go to the river and uh, we dunk you under. That's symbolic of the death of Christ. You're sharing in the death of Christ. We pull you up back out of the water. That's symbolic of his resurrection. But he says here, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and power shall come upon you. Power, power for what? Power to rob banks? No. Power to share your faith with others. Power to pray for the sick. Power to reach out to the lost. Power. Everybody say power. Yeah, that's a good word, isn't it? He promised us that he was going to give us power. And you know, there are other places where he said, it's a good thing that I go. Jesus said that. It's a good thing that I go so that I can send you the Holy Spirit. And he will indwell your hearts. And listen to this. Jesus said, the things I have done you shall do and greater things than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Well, what did Jesus do? He raised the dead. He, uh, he cured all kinds of diseases in people instantaneously. He said, you will do those things and greater. Now, I don't, I don't know if any of that's happened in your life, but it might be that you need to pray and ask God if he'll do that for you in your life. Amen? Believe it or not, the power is real. And so when I was asking myself the question, where should I go, I wanted to go where there was some power. Now years have gone by and the charismatic movement has done pretty much what they've all done, the Methodist movement, the Pentecostal movement, you know, on the Lutherans, all of them start out with fire and everybody's excited and then things begin to kind of level out and, and you know how people are, they get interested in government. We want to we wanna govern the church. And so uh, they begin to, uh, we, we had, I won't mention the name, we had a pastor once that said, I want you to quit taking banners off the wall. That's distracting, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I don't want any uh, prof prophetic things going on in church uh, without my permission. And it pretty much ruined the whole thing. Because this power that God gives us is spontaneous. It happens when you least expect it. It's what's so wonderful about it. But listen, we're, we're not going to quench it. We're going to invite it. We're, gonna, we're not going to quench the Holy Spirit. We're going to invite him to come. Amen? Amen. Now look at uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Now this is right after Jesus had been resurrected. Uh, it was after Judas hung himself. He uh, disgraced Jesus. He turned against him. He sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. He found his body hanging from a tree. And 
they had gathered, they drew lots to replace Judas, and they did. A couple of men had their name in the hat. One of them was picked, and he took Judas' place. And now they're gathered, probably in the upper room where they shared the last meal together. It says, when the day of Pentecost, verse 1, was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, it wasn't just the 12 disciples. Scriptures above this say there were 120 men, women, and children in that room. Not just the 12 disciples. So when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all, everybody say all. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I remember the first time I read that, I got so excited I couldn't contain myself. I was in a Bible study. Uh, I t- told you before, Charismatic Churches, there's Bill and Jan Miller over on the other side of the river. And uh, one night we were there. We were, it was at the end of the meeting. We were standing in a circle. And the Lord gave me a message in tongues. And he also gave me the interpretation. So I gave that message. And they had two missionaries there that, from Hungary that night visiting. So I gave the message, and then I interpreted it it in English. Those are two of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. When that, when the meeting uh, closed down, we said amen. Everybody went to the kitchen to get some refreshments. These two missionaries approached me and one of them was weeping as the woman and, his, and the other one was so excited he couldn't hardly contain himself. He said, we need to talk to you a minute. They were from Hungary. I, they said to me, I, I don't, we don't think you've been to Hungary. I said, no, I haven't. They said, well, we got news for you. That message you gave was in perfect Hungarian, the language. Not only that, when you interpreted the language that you spoke, it was word for word what you gave in Hungarian. Now, I sometimes wondered why would God use two people, somebody to give the message, somebody to give the interpretation. I'm convinced he wants to give all of you, as many of of you as he can, an opportunity to be involved. But that's, see, these these gifts are for, they're a sign. They are are to lift you up. They're not used normally for rebuke. Now, there have been a few people who have gotten into prophetic things uh, to rebuke. I remember we were in a church once, and, and somebody went down behind the piano player. She was playing, and he put his hands on her and said, Thus said the Lord, if you don't submit to your husband, all your teeth are going to fall out. Listen, they're for edification. That word literally means to build you up, to make you feel better. Do you have to speak in tongues to go to heaven? No. And, that, and that's the other thing God said. Johnny always looking at this wrong. He said, you don't have to, you get to. You see the difference? You get to. It's an honor. You don't have to do it. You get to. What a, what a God we serve. What a God. 120 men, women, and children in that room. And they all spoke with tongues. 
And you notice, as you, as you go on and read in the book of Acts, they all come running down out of that upper room into the streets, and it was on the day of Pentecost, which is one of the busiest feast days of the Jewish calendar. And there's thousands of people from other cities and other towns that are in Jerusalem. And Peter gets up there on a high place, and he starts calling them over. Hey, I need to talk to you. Come here. And boy, a big old crowd gathers. And he's not real nice at first. He calls them a bunch of hypocrites. Don't you realize what you've done? You've crucified the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now, this doesn't sound, if you want to know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is for, you look at this story about Peter. Peter is, was a big guy, fisherman. Man, he, you want to meet him in alley. He probably could whip you and all your friends, too. But he had a problem. You know what it was? He was a coward. He went to Jesus and said, well, they, if they come and arrest you, they'll have to arrest me, too, because and there'll be a big fight. And, all. and Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, before the cock crows in the morning, you're going to deny that you even know me three times. Oh, no, no, that would never happen. And he, you know the story. He, he, he was confronted by people in the crowd when Jesus was being arrested, and, and he denied. And the last time it says he denied, he cursed. So he could get, get you know, make it profound. I don't know that blankety-blank guy. He was a coward. If you want to know what the baptism does, it gives you power. That's the same guy, just a short time later, who comes running out of the upper room, just been newly baptized, totally immersed in the Holy Spirit, gets up on a high place, calls a crowd, and calls them a bunch of hypocrites, the same guy, and he's not a coward anymore. That's what it's for. Peter went on to become one of the greatest disciples ever. Now, don't get me wrong, he had his problems. He, he was a little bit of a hypocrite. He, he, would, uh, he would eat with the uh, Jews sometimes and with the Gentiles, but if a bunch of the Jewish disciples were in town, he, he'd forget the Gentiles and go with the Jews. And, you know, Paul had to confront him about that. But he was a great man, and he brought a lot of people to the Lord, and he gave his life. They came to crucify him. He said, I'm not worthy to be crucified the way Jesus was. Can you, can you crucify me upside down? And they, that's what they did. They nailed him to the cross upside down. And he stayed there till he died. It's for power. Everybody say power. Well, I want to ask you is, do you have this power in your life? Is it activated? Now I want you to look at Acts chapter 2 again, verse uh, 6. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galilee, uh, which are speaking Galileans? And yet what they were hearing was them speaking in the languages of all those people that were visiting from other lands. How can they how could they do that? Speaking in tongues. Now I want to I'm gonna read this next scripture with a lot of humility if I can. 
I, when I found this scripture, you know, there, how many of you know there are people that fight Pentecostals and Charismatics? They don't believe. They believe that the, the gifts were there, but they were only for the 12 disciples. And, and then when they died, it, it died too. How many of you know that's not true? And here is the proof of that. This is Mark. Go to look at Mark chapter 16, the last chapter in Mark, uh, chapter 16, verse 17. I want you to listen to this very carefully. This, if you have a red letter edition, and uh, your Bible should have these verses in red, which means what? Jesus is talking. Now, if Jesus is talking, I'm going to listen. Amen? Mark 16, 17. Here's Jesus. These signs shall follow them that believe. You see, there's a lot of people going to heaven, but these signs don't follow them because they don't believe. They believe Jesus, they believe the cross and his blood, and that's what's necessary to get into heaven. But they don't believe these signs. And so these signs don't follow them. See, part of, of what happens in your life, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've got to cooperate. A lot of what happens is it's 50% God and 50% you. It's just like speaking in tongues. They spoke, he gave the utterance. So if you come up here this morning to receive this and you go, Nothing's going to happen. You're going to have to open your mouth. And you've got to move your mouth and, and lend him your vocal cords. And he'll speak. Will you understand any of it? No, you're not supposed to. How I many of you know there's a lot of times that you feel led by the Lord to pray, but you don't have a clue what to pray for? That happens to me frequently when I'm praying for you. And so when you're in a situation where you don't know what to pray for, you pray in the Spirit. That's God in here using your mouth praying to God up there. And when God's praying to God, is it the right prayer? Every time. And sometimes you'll pray a selfish prayer. Oh, God, help me to win the lottery. I promise I'll use it wisely after I buy that $250 million house I've been wanting. Right? They shall, in my name, they shall cast out devils. Now, that's misinterpreted there. It should be demons. There's only one devil, and there's millions of demons, okay? That's just a misquote uh, interpretation in the Bible. They shall speak with new tongues. That's what Jesus said. Everybody see it? Jesus said, they. Who's they? The believers. He didn't say the 12 disciples. He said, they, the believers. He or she if you believe, these signs should be following you. Now, you don't have to do it to go to heaven. Some people are uh, they're nervous, they're shy, they're afraid. They're afraid God will get, get, let them get out of control and they'll embarrass themselves. Listen, God will never put you in a place where you are embarrassed. Okay? They shall speak with new tongues. Now, look at this. They shall take up serpents. Does that, does that mean like we ought to move to Arkansas and join one of those crazy snake churches where they got boxes of snakes in the sanctuary and the pastor goes out and pulls out a big rattler and he's dancing. How many of you have seen that? And he's dancing around. He's kissing the snake. And, no. Here's what it means. Paul arrested, being taken to Rome. Hmm? Oh, nice picture. And they're shipwrecked. 
washed up on an island. He tells them, if you'll do what I tell you, nobody on the ship will die. You'll lose on everything on the ship, but you're not going to die. Well, they just crawl in on the beach, and they're cold. That Mediterranean uh, is cold. And so Paul is, goes down. He gets some dried sticks and somehow starts a fire. I guess he used his big lighter. I don't know what he did. But he starts a fire, and they need some more wood. So he looks down the beach. He sees a big stack of wood. He goes, he goes down there to get it, and lo and behold, there's a, an asp or a cobra in that stack of wood. He reaches down there to pick up the wood, and this snake, now the snake didn't just bite him. It attached itself to him. And anybody that knows anything about snakes will tell you that when a, a poisonous snake does that, he's giving you all he's got. Down there by the fire, now he's got the stack, stack of wood. He reaches in there, snake bites him. Now, the, there was the pagan idea back then was if you got snake bit, it was a judgment of the, quote, gods. You were a bad person. They all looked at each other because they expected him to fall dead any second. He didn't get the snake and make a religious thing out of it and dance around the fire, right? He just shook the snake off in the fire and kept on putting wood in there and doing his business. That's what that scripture means. I was in a cave once. I was a, a spelunker for many years. And uh, I've had snakes crawl up my leg, over my chest, and out the entrance. It's a snakey snake. Right, Scott? <laughs> All right. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any, any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That's divine healing, any way you want to look at it. Now, I, I'd like to tell you that everybody I've ever prayed for got healed, but that, that would, wouldn't be true. But I've had a lot of people that were healed. Three people in my ministry have been raised from the dead, and God gets all the glory for that. I didn't do anything except obey him from the dead. He said, the things I've done you shall do, and greater things than these shall you do. That's what Jesus said. Mark 16, 17, and 18. What a God we serve. Now you're in Acts 2, uh, two. look over at verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and now here's, he's talking to the crowd here, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the prom Now here's who it's for. If you're wondering if it's for you, the promise is for you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's who it is. That's who it's for. Do you have to do it? No. You get to do it. Amen? You know, the, the Bible is full of uh, prophetic things, and a lot of the things that, particularly the Old Testament, we are, you're living in a time, you've been hand-picked to live in this time, and you've been privileged enough to, to be able to watch a lot of these prophetic things come to pass. Here's one in Joel. Look at the book, Old Testament book of Joel, J-O-E-L, chapter 2, verse 28. 
This is a prophetic utterance about the end times. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out of my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. You know, I was in Israel, uh, I think the fourth time I'd been there, and we were at Qumran, which is where the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered down on the Dead Sea. And uh, we went down there. They wanted me to lead the music that night. There were over 5,000 pilgrims from all around the world that had come to Jerusalem for the, for the uh, Feast of Tabernacles. 5,000. And while I was leading the music, suddenly, I, I, and it was dark, it was after dark, I, I noticed a lot of the people kept looking off to their right. And finally, I looked over there, and just peeking above, above the Dead Sea was a sliver of the moon. And as we went on in the service, it, it kept rising and rising. And guess what? It was blood red blood red man you talk about something that will give you the chills and verse 32 it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord has said and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call let me share something with you that's very dangerous we have a theology in the world today and it's called replacement theology how many of you have heard of that here's what it says it says that because the jews were hard-headed and they disobeyed god god decided to take away all the promises he'd made to them and give them to the gentiles don't ever let anybody tell you that god does not take away the promises that he makes or give them to someone else he keeps his word God loves the Jewish people and so should you. And they've got to get saved just like you did. They've got to find their Messiah. And they're struggling with it because they think Christians are uh, pagans that we serve uh, three gods. They don't understand the Trinity. They don't understand how God could be one God and three persons at the same time. Everybody everybody with me? Uh, first time I got it, there's a blood moon there. First time I got through, and that may be the night that that happened. It's about what it looks like. Uh, yeah, that's that's marvelous, isn't it? Yeah, it looks a little better on that wall. Oh, can't see it there at all. What happened to that one, John? It died. Anyway, it's on the back wall. Uh. Now I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 12. And I'm going to challenge you this morning. God is looking for somebody who will obey him. Is that you? Somebody who will obey him. I think I shared that story with you uh, once about the guy who was a Spirit-filled Christian who just got off an airplane at the airport 
and he was, he was standing out on the sidewalk waiting for a cab. And suddenly he heard screaming, and he looked down in the middle of the street coming toward the airport was a boy about 12 years old waving his arms and screaming, Help! Help! We had a wreck right here! Somebody help us! So the man dropped his bag and got with the boy and ran around the, the corner, and there was their car upside down. His father was underneath the car. His mother and his sisters were standing over in the ditch crying, holding each other. Somebody help my husband. Now, how are you going to get a car off of a guy? By that time, two or three other guys had shown up, and uh, he, he was over there. The, the, the first man was over there ministering to this guy. He said, he said, you, you guys, let's believe God. I want you to lift this car off this guy. And they, they come over there and they grabbed it, and that car just moved right on up. And he reached down, grabbed that guy's belt, and pulled him right out from under it. And he, he didn't see any signs of life. He smacked his hand on him and started praying. Guess what? The guy started breathing, and he came back to life. God's looking for somebody that will obey him. Is that you? Or are you just hiding in your house? You go to church once in a while. The only Bible you get is what you hear in here. Come on, folks. I'm not trying to uh, judge you. I'm trying to get you excited where you will seek God. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 2, you search for God in the same way you would search for hidden or buried treasure. You know, if somebody told you, hey, you know, I saw on the internet just this morning, uh, these guys were uh, snort, uh, they were scuba diving, picking up trash somewhere, I don't know where, in the ocean they were picking up gobs of trash, and suddenly they swam around a rock, and here was a big pot load of gold Roman coins. I mean, a lot of them. God's looking for somebody. He's looking for somebody. Somebody. I, I prayed for two doctors from Carl's dad uh, in the hospital. Uh, one of them, uh, Dr. Hoffman, he was a Jewish, a Jewish doctor. Uh, he was my doctor. But back then, they'd put your name on the door. They don't do that anymore. But uh, I walked, I was on the, it, it was on the third floor, if, as I remember. And I walked up there and didn't really, I didn't even know he was in the hospital, but I saw his name on the door. I also saw all these signs, do not enter, uh, ask permission, go to the desk, blah, blah, blah. I just, I just opened the door, and he was laying on his side looking at the door. He was a very sick man, and he's going on now. But uh, He's married to a spirit-filled uh, wife, Francine, still lives here. And he did the same thing that other doctor did when he saw me at the door. He he very weakly raised his hand like this. God's looking for somebody. So I shut the door and I walked over by his bed. I said, Dr. Hoffman, what can I do? He said, pray for me. Pray for me. And I don't remember how much longer he lived after that. But the point is God raised him up. And when he died, Francine called me. He said, we're going to 
we're going to have a service just a graveside out at the old cemetery. Would you come and do it? I said, there won't be anybody there but family. In fact, Nancy was there with her daughter. Liz, were you with me? Liz and I, and that was it. I had a prayer shawl, a Jewish prayer shawl, and I put it over my head. We walked over by the grave, and we talked to the Lord. I don't know exactly where he was, but I think he, I think he accepted the Lord in his life before he died. God's looking for somebody. Now, here's these gifts. I want you to look at First Corinthians twelve, verse one. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, everybody say every man, to profit with all, not just men, it's women too. For to one is given, now here they are, nine gifts of the Spirit. To one is given the Spirit, the word of wisdom. The best example I can think of is King Solomon. King Solomon, arguably, was probably the richest man who ever lived. He was stinking rich. And God was pleased with him. God came to him one day and said, tell me what you want, and I'll, I'll get it for you. Anything you want. And Solomon didn't ask for more money, more gold, more stuff. You know what he asked for? He said, God, I want your wisdom so I can rightfully rule your people and judge them rightfully. And God was very pleased with that. Very pleased. So there were two women in the area, both of them had newborn children. They were asleep. They had a pallet on the floor and they were asleep. Somehow in the middle of the night, one of the mothers rolled over on her baby and smothered it to death. And now they were fighting over whose baby was still alive. So they were taken before King Solomon. Solomon looked at him. He said, bring me a sword. Soldier came over. All right, I want you to take that living baby, cut it in half, give half to that mother and half to that mother. And one of the women said, yeah, that's a good idea. And the other one fell down across the baby and said, no, please, just give it to, the baby, to her. I don't, I don't want this baby to be hurt. Now, how many of you know he had his mother right there? That's wisdom. You can have that in your life. But I'm going to tell you something, it'll cost you. It'll cost you. That's one of the things I asked for. God said, you know what you're asking for? And I said, yeah. He said, well, I'm not sure you do. You have to pay a price on some of these gifts. Okay, and so that's, that's the first one, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. Now, wisdom and knowledge are different. Knowledge 
is information you get in your head, and you don't know what to do with it sometimes, but wisdom is the ability to know how to use knowledge correctly. They're two separate gifts. Knowledge, the gift of knowledge is uh, a situation where God will put thoughts in your mind of something you couldn't possibly know about. It happened to me all the time on the road. I was in Texas once, and I, I had a prayer line. A woman, an older woman, approached me, and I'd never seen her in my life. I said, ma'am, God just told me that you're a smoker, and she started wailing, crying. I've, she said, I've been a smoker for 60 years, and I can't quit. So you come over here. We laid hands on her, and God delivered her. See, that's a word of, that's a word of knowledge. I, I, I didn't know that. I'd never seen her in my life. And I give you example after example. Why, why, why would God tell me things like that? Because He was He loved that woman. He wanted her to be He wanted her to be delivered and set free. Amen. Okay. And so another another gift is the gift of faith. That's like the guy with the car, the man on, under the car. He had to he had to rise up in faith. And say, you know, we can do this. God will give us the strength. Let's get this car off this guy. And I'm going. To, we're going to pray for him, and God's going to heal him, raise him. That's faith. Listen to me. All the, the things of God work by faith, because God wants to get you involved. What does faith mean? Simply, it means you got to believe in something before you see it, before it ha- ever happens. Now we've got faith mixed up with some of these other things. We think. Well, uh, I need $100. Okay, give me $100. Oh, thank you, God. And that's fine. But having faith means you believe you have it before you ever see it. That's the miracle part of it. And that goes for all of the miracles of God, like healing. You need a healing? Well, then believe that you receive it when you pray, I believe I'm healed in Jesus' name. And you'll you'll start seeing some results you never thought would be possible. Who's going to do it? And then the, the other, the gifts, the gifts, notice it's plural, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. Oh, my, 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 miracles. Miracles. It's exciting. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. I think I shared with you once a... I was outside washing my car on Church Street. We had a church down there. And I looked up and I saw a young man walking down the sidewalk. And the Lord jumped on me. He said, watch out. Okay. This guy walked right over where I was washing the car. And he said, sir, I'm so-and-so. And I'm traveling all over the United States with a message that God has given me. And you need to let me come Sunday morning and preach in your church. I said, I don't think so. Well, why not? The Bible says to know those who labor among you. I said, I've never seen you in my life. I don't know anything about you. What did your, I said, what did your wife think about you traveling? Oh, I had to divorce her because she was like a flat tire on my car. She wouldn't, she didn't believe anything I said, so I divorced her so I'd be free to obey God. I said, well, what did your pastor tell you? Oh, he, he told me that I, it wasn't God I was hearing, and so I had to leave that church. So we already got a little problem, don't we? You need the ability, in this day and age we're living in, you desperately need the ability to know the difference between good and evil. 
And that's what discerning of spirits is all about. The difference between good and evil. Because God knows there's plenty of evil to go around. And then you've got uh, to another different kinds of tongues and to the, uh, another the interpretation of tongues. Now, there are two manifestations of tongues. One of them, we, it's not in the Bible, we coined the term. Uh, some Christians coined the term uh, speaking in the, in the spirit or a prayer language to uh, identify this gift that everybody gets. All of them got it in the upper room. It's a prayer language, and it's, it doesn't have to be interpreted. It's for your own private, personal life. Now, uh, the other one is the gift of tongues, and it always is used in public in a, in a service like this, and it's always followed by the gift of interpretation. In fact, the Bible says, if there is no ter- interpreter, keep your mouth closed. Okay? Why does God do it like that? Because he wants more people to have a chance to be involved. Okay? Some, many times God will want to speak to us corporately as a group. That's what the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues is all about. But all of these work that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now I'm going to close, but I'm going to let me just I want to break these gifts down into three categories. And the first one are the revelation gifts. That's wisdom, uh, knowledge, and uh, let me find the other one. Discerning of spirits. Is that correct? Yeah, discerning of spirits. Okay, good. Where do you get this stuff, John? She's she's a smart girl. Uh, then you have um, three uh, power gifts. Of the next three power gifts, number one is faith. Number two is healing. And the third one is miracles. Okay. And then the last three uh, gifts of these categories are the inspiration gifts. Those are prophecy, uh, gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. So you got three groups of three. Most of the time, the only gifts we see are tongues, interpretation. But have you noticed that we don't see a lot of the others? And I think that's because... Maybe some of you aren't really aware or sure that God wants to use you. Maybe you're afraid you'll make a mistake. That's a common thing that cheats people out of the gifts of the Spirit. Well, I don't. I I, I didn't want to make a mistake either. I know there were times that I didn't obey God because I didn't want to make a mistake. I didn't want to cause somebody to to get hurt or to do something that uh, might get them in trouble. I didn't want to make a mistake. But somewhere you got to reach out and you got to jump out in the lake, right? Now, everybody bow your head. If you're here this morning and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you'd like to be, get up here right now. Don't even, don't even put it off. Get up here right now.
Does this mean everybody in here speaks in tongues? You coming, uh, Don? I got one. Who's going to join him? Come on, don't be bashful. It's for power. For power. Anybody else? Yeah, come on. I'm waiting for you. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way because I'm going to get the people in the crowd to help you. Anybody else? Come on. Anybody else? Come on. I guarantee you one thing. If you'll get this in your life, you'll never be the same again. Yeah, come over and join them right here. Y'all get closer together. Anybody else now? Now, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead them in a prayer, and they're going to say it out loud, but I want you to say it out loud with them, okay, so they don't feel funny. A lot of times people feel like they're, we're a bunch of vultures on a high line wire watching them to see if anything's going to happen. Now, as soon as I say amen, we're going to all take a deep breath. We're going to speak in tongues. Now, you won't understand a word you're saying. Not a word. But it's going to change your life. Y'all ready? I want, and when we do that, I want you to speak in your prayer language, too. I don't want, I want, I don't want them to be alone. They, they got to know they can count on you. Amen? Last chance. Anybody else? You ready? I want you to say this prayer. Close your eyes. Say this prayer after me. And remember what we're going to do. When we say amen, you're going to open your mouth, and you're going to start talking, not in English. Ready? Lord Jesus, you know I love you, and I know you love me. I also know you've given gifts to the church, and I'm part of the church. So these gifts must be for me. So right now, Lord Jesus, I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And I receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, and everybody took a deep breath. Move your mouth, Don. Move your mouth. Don't make it hard. Just, just. Come on, speak it loud so you can hear it. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. Go on. Move your mouth. You got to let that sound come out. Oh, come on. That's nice. Thank you, Jesus. No, no Thank English. You. you can't speak in two languages at the same time, right? Four. Ready? More. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, come on, Don. Seriously. Four or five. You got to start speaking. 
That's it. Now, now move your mouth. Oh, that's a nice language, Don. How about you? It's by faith. Take a deep breath. Don't look at me, just look at him. You better do the speaking. Yeah, just start speaking. You won't understand it. Come on, come on, deep breath. Here, both of y'all come down here and speak in tongues right by this guy. Help him out. No English, no English. Now, can you speak? Speak, just speak. That was a word. Now I, I need to hear another one. Come on, let it out. Let it out. No, don't move your head that way. Move it like this. There you go. Okay, everybody stop. Now listen to him. He, he was just like you. Now it's just pouring out of him. It'll pour out of you too. Can you try one more time? Don't feel as good. Will you speak this time? Take a deep breath. Okay, all right. God ain't done with you. That's pretty common, too. How many of you struggled the first time? You, Yeah, I'm proud of all of you, all three of you. You did great. Uh, think about this a minute. It is unusual to allow God to take your mouth and use it. And here I am encouraging you to say things that you don't have a clue what you're saying. That's not... That, that don't even seem natural or normal, does it? But that's the way it works. When you go to pray for somebody, you don't heal them. You do, oh, you're an instrument. You lend God your hand. You put your hand on them. And God, I've, I've literally felt the power of God go down through my arm. The first time I ever saw a miracle like that, we were in Mexico, and this uh, young girl, about 14 and about this pregnant, uh, waddled down to the front. It had a concrete floor. She knelt on her knees on that floor. And I went over and put my hand on her, and I was young, young, young in the Lord. And suddenly I felt a power start right here. It went down my arm and shot right into her body, and she fell on the floor. I thought I'd killed her. She was slain in the spirit. And you know what? God set me up. He was going to see what I was going to do. You know what I did? Now who can I slay in the spirit? You know, I, I didn't care about her. I just wanted, I wanted to be the big macho guy and have all these things happen. Listen, first great lesson you learn with God, he gets all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, and you don't get any. Right? 
Everybody speak in tongues one more time. Para nechita tolera para no calara chivier no cita. Verish leria tolar no copo arne. Arne vicaro. Shleriviat. Shleriviato scarabar. Nepitas coronjle yendo larabar. Thank you. As you go this morning, I want you to go and hug on Rick up in sound booth. Rick, you want to come down? He's up there, up there somewhere, and uh, I want you to hug this guy over here and and hug. Where'd the other two go? Oh, Don's back there in the back, and she's over. Yeah, give him a hug and and uh, just encourage him. Okay, Father, as we go today, we just love you with all of our hearts, and we ask you, Lord, to be with us all day. Give us a great day of rest. Bless our church, Father. Bless everyone in it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, "All right, you're dismissed." This has been a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. If you wish to partner with us and support this ministry, you can give online at newsongcarlsbad.churchcenter.com forward slash giving. Your gift is tax deductible. Please share this broadcast with your friends and neighbors and help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ all across the globe. May the Lord richly bless you.